0: This is a Squiz podcast, where your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Simone Zuziaris. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Friday the 16th of April. In your Squiz today, Aussie troops are set to leave Afghanistan. Unemployment is down again. Cyclone Saroja leaves a hefty bill. And another epic Zoom failure. This is your Squiz today. We talked yesterday about Australia withdrawing our remaining 80 troops from Afghanistan in line with America's plans to bring their soldiers home. U.S. President Joe Biden named September 11 as the deadline, and that, of course, is the 20th anniversary of the terror attacks launched by al-Qaeda on America. Yesterday, Prime Minister Scott Morrison-Claire became quite emotional when he read the names
1: of Aussie soldiers who lost their lives during the conflict. There were 41 Australians who have died in that conflict. What Prime Minister Scott Morrison said yesterday is that their loss is great, uh, not just for their families but also for the nation. During that 20-year conflict in Australia was there right from the start, 3,500 coalition troops died, including those 41 Australians. It's thought that more than 110,000 Afghans also died, including 31,000 civilians. During that whole conflict, 39,000 Australians were deployed to support efforts to put an end to Islamic terrorism that was emanating from Afghanistan.
0: Looking ahead, Claire, it's not the prospect of armed conflict with a rogue state or terror network that worries Western intelligence services. The US, for one, is very worried about China's push for influence.
1: Yeah, they certainly are. And US intelligence agencies put out their annual threat assessment this week. What they say is they're not worried about armed conflict with another nation or terror outfit, as you say. They're worried about what they call grey zone battles for power fought by Chinese state spies via cyber. Cyber attacks via political interference. They say that's the biggest risk. Russia is also on that list of concern. They're considered to be a diminishing power, but they've still got really big skills when it comes to interference. And they've done that, as we know, across a couple of presidential elections there. Looking to the weekend, Joe Biden, the president of the United States, is having his first face to face meeting with a world leader. That's happening with Japanese Prime Minister your shitty sugar, uh, they meet and China will definitely be on that agenda.
0: Yeah, according to analysts, those concerns around China and Russia push non-state terrorist groups like al-Qaeda and the Islamic State down the list when it comes to threats to Western democracies. Good news on the economic front. Yesterday, unemployment fell in March, and that means more than 13 million people in Australia have a
1: job. But when it comes to April, Claire, things might be a bit different. We'll know about this time next month exactly what that looks like. That's because JobKeeper, the wage subsidy, came off at the end of March, and there were about 150,000 people that analysts thought might lose their job as a consequence of that. So we need to see the official figures before we make any judgments about that. That. However, it's still time to pause and really look at the incredible success that has been employment coming back, given that great big economic shock of COVID. To have an unemployment rate of 5.6% is in the realm of our normal rates in normal times when the economy is going quite well. So it's no wonder that the business sector and others have hailed it as a miraculous recovery.
0: Yeah, yesterday Virgin Australia said it will reemploy 220 cabin and crew staff often hire 150 staff as part of its COVID recovery plan. Also on a hiring spree is Pizza Giant Domino's. It's been doing quite well for itself with pizza orders left, right and centre throughout the pandemic. And I'm probably guilty of one or two of those orders there. Last week, Cyclone Siroja, a once in 50 year storm, made landfall in Western Australia's Midwest, causing damage and devastation. Residents are picking up the pieces, Claire, and we're
1: starting to see a clearer image of that damage. Yes, some incredible pictures that were circulating yesterday. As you say, it's been difficult to get a handle on exactly what went down there when it comes to the bill, but pictures are now starting to come out. Internet is starting to come back on, phone lines being restored. There's still quite a few homes without electricity, more than 10,000. They're hoping to get restored in the coming days, but when it comes to that coastline and then across uh, that wheat belt part of Western Australia, lots more damage to tally in Kalbarri, that town that we know that was probably the most severely affected. There's about 500 homes who were affected and 170 that were destroyed or very severely damaged there.
0: Hundreds of emergency services personnel, including help from the army and volunteer organisations, have been sent to the region to help in the massive cleanup effort. That's expected to take months. From the start, Claire, Prince Philip's funeral has proven to be very different to what we might expect for a
1: send-off of the
0: Queen's consort, and overnight the names of 30 mourners who will attend have been
1: confirmed. There's been a lot of speculation about who would make that final cut of just 30 mourners who are attending that funeral. As you can imagine, when you're going for a low-key funeral that Philip had organised that had 800 people to get it down to 30 really was quite an effort, and it really is just close family and their spouses. There's also three members of royal families from Germany who go back to Philip's original roots, so it's a very, very small group. What we also do know is that there's been a bit of a furor this week about what uh, the close relatives of Philip would wear to the funeral. Military regalia is now off the list. Uh, That, of course, will help out Harry, who has lost his military honoraries, uh, and also Prince Andrew, who apparently wanted to wear an admiral's outfit. He can't do that now. Prince Philip will be laid to rest at
0: St George's Chapel at Windsor Castle on Saturday at 3pm local time. It will be televised, but be Warned it starts at midnight our time. If you want to know more about Philip's background, his life with the Queen, and what's next for the royal family, we've unpacked it all in this week's squeeze shortcut. A link to that is in your episode notes. Also on this weekend, Claire, is the AFLW Grand Final. Adelaide and Brisbane go head-to-head in Adelaide. They played off for the AFLW Premiership in its inaugural season back in 2017.
1: Yeah, those two teams coming back together, they've been on a fairly level pegging this season. Both go in with an equal win-loss record of eight wins, two losses for the season. So they're fairly level pegged. Uh, when it comes to looking at who might have the advantage, the Crows have been very successful since the aflw started and they've got a good bit of experience under their belt they're missing though their captain chelsea randall has been ruled out because she took a head knock in last week's game so she's on the bench but yeah may the best team win we'll see how it goes the game will be held at adelaide oval and kicks off at 1 p.m local time
0: And before we wrap up the week with Squiz the Day, Claire, we've talked a lot over the past year about epic Zoom failures. My personal favourite was the lawyer who was unable to turn off that sad cat (laughs) Zoom filter. Now, a Canadian MP has made
1: an accidental naked appearance while attending a virtual parliament. And look, this Canadian MP, as the Parliament there noted, is in pretty good shape. So whether it's an accident or not, who knows? He seemed to be very comfortable with himself wandering around his office naked uh, as Question Time was going on, a virtual session of Question Time. And he said he didn't notice that his camera was on, but there he was for all to see. But yeah, when it comes to Zoom failures, it is very hard to get past the cat lawyer, isn't it? It was just (laughs) hilarious.
0: It was a classic. I think we've all Been caught off guard at some point this year, but some have just been more (laughs) unlucky than others. Finally, Claire, squeeze the day. Lots to choose from as we look to the weekend. But I went with the anniversary of the invention of Modern Snooker. That was by Sir Neville Chamberlain in 1875, and that's
1: on Saturday. Uh, Should note not the UK Prime Minister Neville Chamberlain, a different (laughs) one. I was going to say that's a very talented Prime Minister (laughs) if that's the case. Um, For me, it's the tenth anniversary of the premiere of Game of Thrones tomorrow, if you can believe it. Haven't ever watched it. Haven't watched an episode. I know that is absolutely mind blowing to some people. I get it has its fans. Maybe it's on the list for one day.
0: Yeah, I think we might be the only two people in the world, Claire, that haven't watched it. And that's a wrap for the week. Have a wonderful weekend and we'll catch you again on Monday. Quick message now from our podcast partner,